following podcast will contain spoilers and explicit language. Hello and welcome to episode 77 of... Yeah, it's that bad. My name is Joel. I'm Martin. And I'm Kevin. This is the show that looks at supposedly bad movies and asks the question, is it really that bad? And what that boils down to is that we look at movies that are Ron and Ron Tomatoes and reevaluate that score. Does it really deserve to be that low? Tonight's movie is 2010's The Bounty Hunter, directed by Andy Tennant, starring Jennifer Aniston and Gerard Butler. The Bounty Hunter is a 2010 romantic action comedy film. This film currently holds a 13% on Rotten Tomatoes. How about a plot synopsis? The gambler and former police officer Milo Boyd owes money to dangerous takers and works as bounty hunter. His ex-wife Nicole Hurley is a reporter snooping the mysterious death of a man that was reported by the police as suicide. Meanwhile, Nicole is accused of running over and assaulting a police officer and is summoned to a hearing in the court. However, she has a lead for her case and she misses the audience with a judge. Milo is assigned to track down and arrest Nicole. In return, he would receive an award of U.S. 5,000. <laughs> While hunting Kate, Roy stays close to his ex-wife, Roy. What? <laughs> and they both revive the good moments they had in their marriage and Milo. But... <laughs> But Nicole is pursued by the criminal that she is investigating. IMDb, you did it again. <laughs> That's the bounty hunter. That's the bounty hunter distilled to its essence. Okay, the bounty hunter, winner of the listener's choice poll. What is your history with this? I did not even know it existed. <laughs> I didn't know it existed, and that, that, that's it. I, there's no history. I have none. <laughs> I knew it existed, but I'd never had any interest in seeing it. Did this come out at the same time as The Awful Truth? Because it feels like these two overlap Yeah, in my it head. probably did. I, I, had, I had no interest in seeing None. This. No interest. We're only watching this because we need to continue our exploration into this romantic comedy slash action comedy slash buddy comedy slash subgenre? None of that happened in this movie. No romance? No action? No comedy? No buddies? No. There wasn't even bromance. Okay, so now of us have seen it and we barely even knew it existed. <laughs> this is a recipe for success if I ever did hear one. Let's do what we always do at the top of the show. We'll discuss the actors one by one and we'll see how you thought they did. First up, the man, the myth, the legend, Gerard Butler. Okay, so Gerard Butler was essentially a non-entity in this movie. By the way, triumphant return. Yeah, yeah, it's that bad favorite, Gerard Ger- Butler. Yeah, the law-abiding citizen himself. Kinda, law- I wish you could have watched that. Instead. Oh, man. I would much rather rewatch that. <laughs> in comparison to how he was in law-abiding citizen, it was like I was watching a different person. Can I remember that time he shot that judge? Yeah, I mean... It- <laughs> That movie suited him. It did. He did not belong in this movie. Remember in Law Abiding Citizen when he planted all those bombs in the prosecuting team's cars and killed all those innocent people? Remember that? That was amazing. That was so good. (laughs) Do you remember that scene in The Bounty Hunter? No. No. That scene. (laughs) Do you remember any scene in The Bounty Hunter? No. 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 Gerard Butler was, again, like I said, a non entity. He had horrible chemistry with Jennifer Aniston in this movie. None, right? It's the movie's fault. It's the screenwriting, it's everything, the plot. This movie's crap. Bland. Everything's bland. Blah. Milk toast. Meh. <laughs> 
It's like somebody took gray paint and just dumped it on everything in this movie. Fifty Shades of Grey? Yeah, Fifty no, Shades it was of Grey. One paint. shade of gray. <laughs> yeah. The, the dullest shade. That's why it was a bore fest. And Gerard Butler, he could be a captivating guy. Proven fact. We've seen it. Yep. But this movie did not play to his strengths. Do you remember him in Or gamer? his weaknesses or anything. I do remember the one time I saw Gerard Butler. He was a gamer. In gamer, where he played the gamer. I think this might be my least favorite running joke. Yeah. <laughs> so this is movie. Movie three, I think, right? This is this is the third time you've seen him. Yeah. And it's a shame. Poor guy. He deserves better. You know, we let him down. You specifically, Kevin. You let him down. I did? Yeah, this is your fault. Yeah, this was primarily. Mostly, this is more this was mostly your fault. Primarily, yeah. Perpetrated. Like per- 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 I'm really confused about how, how this is on my shoulders. People are gonna pay some more than others. And Kevin. I'm looking at you. <laughs> yeah, Kevin. Most of all. I'm so sorry. Next up, Jennifer Aniston. A lot of debate here at Yes That Bad Satellite World Headquarters <laughs> about the the validity of Jennifer Aniston. Thoughts, comments, questions, queries? Validity? Yeah. Whether she's a valid human being? (laughs) (laughs) I think that there was a argument over the voluptuousness of Jennifer Aniston, not the validity. True enough. I think that she's a (laughs) brunette beauty. Bombshell? (laughs) She's a babe. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, this is basically just me and Martin agreeing and Joel being a contrarian. I think just for the sake of being a contrarian. Nope. Absolutely. No fan of the Jennifer Aniston. She's done nothing that I like. I don't think that she's as gorgeous as the media wants me to believe. I think that's a hype. That's a whitewash. Don't believe it. Yeah, but you don't have to go 100... Conspiracy theory. You don't have to go 180 degrees in the other direction and say, Courtney Cox. She looks like a old... She looks like an old, 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 decrepit woman who... Yeah. Did I say that? Yeah, you you did. She looks like my grandmother. Yeah, all right. (laughs) You said that she looked like a 69... Wrinkled, old, old woman. Yeah, I did this. Yeah, she's one of the most gorgeous women on the face of the planet. Get the hell All right, all right. Really, really. She walks in the same circles as Penelope Cruz. Yeah. Get the hell out of my face with that. <laughs> Kevin, Kevin, you're That's actually I'm getting right in your face. Kevin, you're you're taking this too far. She doesn't belong no. in the same the uh, same league as Penelope Cruz. I can't no. help it. I can't help it. I got I got to Yeah, you're blind. Joel's Joel's stepping up here. Yeah. I got to step up equally. <laughs> I have to match You're him. All in. R- ridiculous statement for ridiculous statement. <laughs> but no, there was nobody acted in this movie, right? It was just pathetic. There was look, this whole movie hinged on whether those the two main characters had chemistry. It's like killers. It's the killers alone. And again. there was no chemistry, and the whole movie fell apart because of that. It was really unfortunate because there was a lot of situational humor in this movie that revolved around these characters being fleshed out and interacting with each other in a coherent way, and that fell apart. So you didn't have romance. And because of that, you didn't have comedy either. What about that Jason Sudeikis? I don't know how to pronounce his name. He's on 30 Rock. He was like the comic relief guy. There was nothing funny about it. It was actually kind of disturbing. And infuriating. And infuriating, yeah. Stupid. (laughs) It was stupid. So is that it? Is there anybody else worth talking about? No. Okay, let's get on to the brief history of The Bounty Hunter. Producer Neil H. Moritz and director Andy Tennant are neighbors. One day, they were chatting to each other (laughs) over their fence when Moritz asked Tennant if he was working on anything at the moment. Tennant replied that he wasn't doing anything at the time. That was when Moritz realized that his neighbor would be the perfect choice to direct this screenplay. That's like home improvement. Tim (laughs) Allen. And Wilson are like, hey, goes over the fence. <laughs> 
Sarah Jessica Parker was considered for the role of Nicole Hurley. What do you think? Gerard Butler, Sarah Jessica Parker romance? Hmm? Ew, hmm? gross. Yeah, I'm not buying that. The film was nominated for four Razzie Awards in 2011, including Worst Picture, Worst Actor, Gerard Butler, Worst Actress, Jennifer Aniston, and Worst Screen Couple, Aniston and Butler. However, it failed to win in those categories. The Bounty Hunter opened at number three behind Alice in Wonderland and Diary of a Wimpy Kid. Now, with a budget... (laughs) (laughs) Why? Uh, Diary of a Wimpy Kid, that's funny to me. Remember that beat-out Sucker Punch, the sequel to this, to that one beat Sucker Punch, if you recall. Roderick rules. With a budget of $50 million, how much did the Bounty Hunter make worldwide? I'm going to say $20 million. $75. The both of you are piss poor incorrect. You're going to be shocked. You're going to be surprised. With a budget of $50 million, the Bounty Hunter pulled in $136 million. Wow. It's sucker born every minute. <laughs> every second. Sucker born every second. <laughs> every go, microsecond. Every microsecond. to go see the Bounty Hunter. Okay, guys. The Bounty Hunter. So this movie, surprisingly, does not start out in typical yet yeah, that bad fashion. No voiceover. No narration. No text, really, to read. I was surprised. Oh. There was some text, but it wasn't really... No, but I mean, it is a flash forward. Yeah, it's a flash forward. Whoa, we're like lost here. We're getting deep. Yep. Damon Lindelof wrote this one too, right? <laughs> it essentially opens up with Gerard Butler on the Garden State Parkway or Atlantic <laughs> City Expressway or whatever with <laughs> Jennifer... <laughs> You gotta be, which one was it? You gotta be, yeah, we need specific. Go back, yeah, we'll watch it. Okay, so it takes place with a flash forward where Gerard Butler is driving a vintage car, pulls over to the shoulder of a highway because... There's smoke coming out of the back of his yeah, car. Yeah, there's a fire in his car. Apparently the trunk is then popped open and Jennifer Aniston runs out screaming like a lunatic, like an insane maniac on, you know, onto the side of the road. And I wasn't sure if it was a romantic comedy. You could have had this as an intro to like Fargo. <laughs> yeah, so she runs off screaming into the night or day. Whatever. It was it was like twelve o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> but yeah. She runs off screaming into the night, and then it says twenty four hours, hours earlier. earlier. That really, was this movie over the course of twenty four hours. It felt like a lot longer, right? Well, that only got us to halfway through the movie. Yes, yeah, so this right? movie was two days. Yeah. By the way, this movie's two thousand hours long, right? That's not an exaggeration, right? Yeah. No, this movie was on fourteen different DVDs. We started watching <laughs> this three weeks ago. So after this opening sequence of events, we come to find out that Gerard Butler is a bounty hunter. What a <gasps> shot. No way. Who'd have thought? Wait, wait, wait. He was the bounty hunter in this? Surprising, right? I thought Jennifer Aniston was the bounty hunter. <laughs> yeah, I'm really confused now. <laughs> well, Gerard Butler chases this Uncle Sam guy who's on stilts. Yep. A bunch of comedic question mark series of events takes place. Comedic slash legal. Yeah, yeah. He's chasing this guy down and he catches him. Turns out Gerard Butler's down in his luck. He's got some issues. He's got some debts. He's got to pay. But, hey, guess what? He's got a big job ahead of him that can net him a cool 5000 US <laughs> if he plays his cards right. His ex-wife, Jennifer Aniston, was supposed to go to court, but she didn't go because she's a reporter. And she's got, she only has one chance to get the scoop. Of the millennium. Yeah, she's going to reveal that the government's hiding aliens or something. <laughs> yeah. Something that's going to change life forever. She's going to have an interview with God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She's going to interview Jesus, so she, she runs away from the courthouse. And because of it, the court issue 
use a warrant for her arrest. Yeah, they put out a bench warrant for her skipping court, and they revoke her bail. Yeah, so it's up to Gerard Butler. He's the only man alive who can track her down. And that is essentially the plot of The Bounty Hunter, right? You think that would be the plot. You think that would be enough, right? If I told you that was it, what would you think this movie would be about? If I, Just from that mission statement, what do you think would happen in this movie? Gerard Butler would be going through a series of chase scenes where yes. she would be constantly eluding him. And outsmarting and him. And outsmarting him, and yep. he would have to go through a series of events to try and capture her. Like Mr. and Mrs. Smith kind of thing, because she would know him so well, she'd easily be able to evade him, blah, blah, blah. Instead, what did we get? We got a buddy cop keeper film? <laughs> this subgenre is really pathetic, right? It, it just doesn't work. They keep trying to shovel in action, romantic comedy, and it just doesn't work. Like, who's done yeah. it right? True Lies? That's about it. Yeah, I mean, and, and they kept the comedy to a minimum. Yeah, like a real minimum. Yeah. I, can, I can't really think of... So you guys weren't laughing at the bounty hunter? No. Did anyone laugh once? Your yeah. significant other did. Once. Yeah. There was four people watched this movie. And we sat here. one chuckle barely. from one person. Yeah, barely. We just in sat here stone face. In a movie where the, where the genre is called romantic comedy. Yeah, that's, that's pretty poor. Poor showing by all. It's just really boring. It really is, right? Like, I don't even know what we're going to talk about. It's not even worth discussing almost, right? What are we... Yeah, what are we actually going to talk I about? I barely this? took any notes at all. But even if we did, there's nothing to actually... Like, I'm going through what the movie is about. If there was any motif or theme that's interesting, if the actors were doing something that was different or interesting or comparable to something we've done before, if there were ideas, uh, no. Anything interesting with the set design or the, the way that they shot the film? No. Was there anything interesting about the interaction with the plot of the movie and the characters? Not really. Did they have chemistry with each other? No. no. Was the action interesting? No. It's, it was connect the dots cliches. They just went from one but cliche the, to another. But, There's the disapproving but, mother. This movie was just a sequence of images, moving images, just a sequence of moving images. There was nothing coherent about it. The story, the story was coherent and that's a stretch. That's a real stretch, man. There were some things that were just like, how did that happen? And it, but it wasn't so over the top that it took you out of it. It just was boring. Yeah, this is the worst kind of a movie, right? With a movie like Doom, that was boring. That was bad. But at least there was something to talk about there, right? Yeah, moving from room to room. <laughs> room to room and the room checks. There weren't enough room checks in <laughs> Bounty Hunter. No, no, right, right. But that, like, 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 like in Doom, going from room to room is shot in like two rooms. That's funny because it's so, re it's so absurd. It's so ridiculous. This movie doesn't even have that. It doesn't even have it's so bad. It's kind of funny or kind of good aspect to it. Well, I mean, we, ha we have to talk about it, right? I mean, so Gerard Butler, he, 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 he starts to go try and track Jennifer Aniston down. He goes to her house. We're, we're already a third through my notes. <laughs> we're more than halfway through mine. <laughs> <laughs> There's this whole stupid gambling subplot where... Oh, yeah, Gerard Butler is a degenerate gambler. An, an alcoholic. alcoholic. That too, yeah. But Gerard, hand in hand. Gerard Butler is an alcoholic in real life, right? So perhaps he was battling his inner demons on screen before our very eyes. Wow. Was there healing going That's on deep, in this movie? Right? Yeah. Was there healing? Could have been. Was there redemption? Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Was there Red Dead redemption? Oh, God, I was just going to say that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, gotcha. Uh, there's this, a gambling ring that's out out for him, out for blood, <laughs> but they don't know what he looks like. They just know what kind of car he drives. In the beginning of the movie, when Gerard Butler is chasing down that Uncle Sam guy in stilts, another bounty hunter is hunting Gerard as a bounty, sort of. He's like a loan shark kind of guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's hunting Gerard Butler. And he clearly knows who Gerard Butler is. Yep. He clearly can see his face. He knows what he looks like. They even get to a, they get into a scuffle. Yeah, which implies that the people who sent him knows what he looked like. Yep. Right? But 
later in the movie, a lot of the hilarious, and I, I'm doing hilarious with air quotes here for your benefit at home, for those who aren't here at, yes, that bad world satellite headquarters. A lot of the stupid mistaken identity jokes all hinge upon the fact that the loan shark guys don't know what he looks like. Yeah. Well, clearly in the beginning they do. Mm-hmm. That doesn't make any sense. I didn't even get that from the first scene. I thought that there, that he was just a competing bounty hunter for that bounty with the Uncle Sam Stilts guy in the <laughs> intro of this movie. I thought he was just a competing bounty hunter. Uncle Sam Stilts. I'd rather watch that movie about the Uncle Sam Stilts guy and how he got into trouble with the law. And how he got into being Uncle Sam Stilts guy. Yeah, he, he wasn't always that way. <laughs> he had to work his way I up. I want to watch a training montage of him learning <laughs> how, how to stilts. <laughs> Let me ask you this. Is this worse than Killers? Because prior to this, Killers was a pretty bad movie. But does this movie give you a new appreciation? What's your thoughts? Yeah, if I'm going to compare them directly, I mean, this had a mustached Jason Sudeikis. That's Killers no had competition. a mustached Tom Selleck. I mean, there's no competition there. You got you take Selleck every day of the week. That's like comparing a newborn baby's strength to a professional wrestler like yeah. Dwayne The Rock Johnson's strength. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, this movie could have used some Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Just a little bit, a little taste, a little dash of The Rock. This, he could have been, been the bounty hunter. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Why wasn't he in He's this movie? He's too busy being the tooth fairy or whatever. Not that it would have mattered, right? <laughs> Insert favorite actor or actress here. It wouldn't matter, would it? I mean, this, this material was so bad. Both of these people, I think, are competent actors. I think Jennifer Aniston makes really bad decisions. I think they throw tons of money at her to be in these romantic comedies that are terrible. Well, it works. I mean, it gets people in the seats. You sell those figures. I agree. Can you imagine people in the movie theater laughing at this? No, they couldn't have been laughing. They all had their arms crossed, slouched back, <laughs> shaking their heads disapprovingly. <laughs> I paid money for this? When Hollywood does stuff like this, when they phone in a script and a plot and people just act for the cash because the script is so poor and terrible, people actually go to see these movies for these big names and they sit down. Is this why attendance is down? People are like, oh, I'm not going to the movies. I got, I, I essentially got screwed the last time I went. Yeah, sure. I mean, especially now where like going to see a movie ranges anywhere from like $12 to like, if you're going to see IMAX, it'd be like $20. Serious question. Does this movie have any redeeming value? No. I don't have, yeah, I don't even Was it shot nicely? It. No. Was, did it have good music in it? The no. music choices in this movie were specifically terrible. It wasn't the songs innately were bad. Some of the songs are pretty good. It's, or I, I specifically enjoy. I never heard so many Kesha songs in one movie before. It seemed like they just tried to license. Well, Joel, like, you know, Kesha. Whatever was hot at the time. Yeah, right? exactly. Like whatever they could afford that was popular, they threw in there. Maybe, I don't know what, to sell soundtracks. You know get, what? I wouldn't surprise me if all the songs were Sony artists. Yeah, sure. So they just, whatever, it's what we got. Because this is a movie made by Sony. It didn't fit. The music that was playing did not fit the scenes that it was, it was playing during. Not in the slightest, during. right? No. It was in like Watchmen territory, right? As far as music choices fitting into scenes. It didn't Hallelujah. take me out of the movie, but I don't know if I ever was in the movie. Were you in movie. it? No, yeah. you weren't. I was completely detached from this movie from the beginning, right? Even more than Doom. Like I said the same thing about Doom, but I watched that. I paid attention to what was going on in that. This one, like, I just didn't care. Doom was like almost an accidental comedy in some ways for me, especially with <laughs> the electricity. <laughs> it was it was stupid. This movie just was boring. Okay, so apparently their friend Bobby Jenkins matched Jennifer Aniston and Gerard Butler up to get married and he's also a police officer. It is insinuated that he may also be involved in some criminal activity that Jennifer Aniston is researching. Yeah, so there's like three different plot lines going on at the same time. There's the Gerard Butler needs to bring her back to jail plot. Yep. Then there's this Jason Sudeikis, I love you subplot. Yep. Then there's Lone Sharks trying to 
beat up Gerard Butler plot. Mm-hmm. And finally, there's this entire subplot about some sort of cops doing an illegal drug ring or something. Yeah, a group of cops that apparently met by bowling, being in a bowling league, <laughs> and they're truly rollers. None of this makes any sense. She learns that it has something to do with an audit of the evidence locker. It's, I guess cops took drugs that were sitting in the evidence lockers. Is that what happened? Drugs. The whole time I'm like, what the hell is going on? What is the I don't crime? know. They did a, a they were terrible so job of explaining this. It was really vague. Pointless? Com- yeah, completely pointless. Utterly. It was just an excuse for the two main characters to get in trouble, to right? Put aside their differences and work together towards a common goal. Boring. Boring, boring, boring. It's not even explained well. There's like so many different characters that are involved in this subplot that it's really confusing. But that's the thing. It's one of those cliches where like you've seen it a billion times. They know you've seen it. They know you're just going to go along with it. You don't need it to be fleshed out because you're going to understand that there's good guys and bad guys and who is in each role. Is this even really worth talking about? No. No, nothing's worth talking about in this movie. Shameful. This movie's <laughs> shameful. <laughs> For a modern day movie to be this boring, 2010, we're past the age of the boring movie, right? At this point. I know, we're getting right into the thick of it, I think. We're in its heyday. Yeah, this is a really, this is a really dark time for movies. This is the golden age of the boring movie. Lackluster crap, here we come. Not since 2005's Doom, have I seen a movie this dull? Last week, yeah. <laughs> have I seen a, ba- a movie this bad? Oh my gosh, what are we getting? A uh, like palate cleanser, man. We need one. Bad, I, I guess next week, right? What we've decided is that really a palate cleanser? That's though? not a that's palate cleanser, <laughs> that's the opposite. That's uh, that's a palate ruiner. <laughs> I don't. I, I can't taste good movies anymore. Yeah, I haven't seen a good movie in over a year. If I see a good movie, I'm not even gonna know how to handle it at this point. <laughs> yeah, your head will just explode. It's gonna take me like two or three to remember how good they taste. It's movies like this. That's people were so shocked that I gave Prometheus a high score. They're like, "What? How could you love this so much?" Like, there's some bad it's, movies. Yeah, I just watched The Bounty Hunter. Yeah, I feel like doing this is really gonna make me go extreme. <laughs> Like, I don't know if there's going to be extreme. There's not going to be threes anymore. There's going to be ones. And fives. And fives. That's it. Twos and fours sprinkled in. (laughs) What's a three? I don't know. I mean, in the olden days, the body hunter might have been a three, right? Maybe. No. On a a nice, on a day, you know, they got you just the right time. No. You feel good. You feel right. No. How much does your mood affect your score of a movie? Dramatic. Germanic, actually. (laughs) Yeah, it's Germanic. The Huns? Yeah. You, Kevin? The Huns? What does that have to do with Germany? Everything. Kevin? <laughs> or nothing. I think that when it comes to comedies, the people you're with can have a dramatic effect on what your score is. Like, I've gotten to see movies that when I've been with a group of people and we laugh together and really enjoy ourselves watching the movie, that can really bump it up versus, like, seeing a comedy by yourself. Like, that same movie, seeing it by yourself, probably wouldn't be as good of an experience and that could affect your, your rating. True enough. Are you saying that you should have seen The Bounty Hunter with a different crowd? Maybe you'd love it? I don't know if there is a crowd that would love it. Apparently there is. A hundred, what, what is it, 126 million? 
Island. Yeah, I bet you they made all that money like one weekend. Oh, really? You think opening weekend? Yeah, it was, a, it was a number one all-time opening movie. Yeah, yeah, and that was it. They yeah. made it all on opening Friday, <laughs> and then that was it. Hey, I, how about we do a moratorium on all romantic comedies? Is this it? We're done? Like, this is just a nightmare. People always ask for romantic comedies, but it's just like... It's too hard. It's so hard, and it just takes such a toll on my soul. I can't take it. Do anymore. you feel like... The it, sole of your foot? The, yeah. I, I'm going to need somebody to wash them, Julia Roberts style. <laughs> I'm going to have a mental breakdown like she did. This, no, I'm in favor of it. This movie is an emotional black hole for favor me. what? I'm in favor of cutting these out. Completely? Yeah. People are always asking, do this, do this romantic comedy, that romantic comedy. I can't do it anymore. I can't take it. This has got to go. No it's, more. It's just this not interesting. Genre, this genre sucks. As a whole, sucks. Every entry, I don't care how good it is, I'm going to blanket it with a one out of five. I don't care what it is. <laughs> it's a one out of five. It's a romantic comedy. It's a one out of five, no matter what it is. This is the last one I ever want to watch. I'm not going to be as hardline as you. <laughs> I'm going to say that I don't want to do them for the show. We you watch them for your private life? Yeah, absolutely. Every night. <laughs> I think it's pointless to do this for a show. It's like, it's going to get repetitive. Like, this is the third time where we've talked about the, the same, same stuff. Crap. It's just different actors and a slightly different base story. But it's the same cliches we're complaining about. It's it's, it's going to get repetitive and boring. So the only other romantic comedy that I have any, any interest in doing, potentially, is New Year's Eve. Just so we can complete the Valentine's Day trilogy. <sighs> but I am afraid of that movie. I'm not watching I am it. afraid If of you guys it. do it, I just won't be here. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not gonna show up. I'm not gonna go. I'm not gonna watch it. Oh. I'll boycott too. Wow, okay, it's just you're, you're, me. You're on your own. Wait, so this is an official yes that bad members meeting. Oh yeah, that's right. Are we saying yay or nay to no more romantic comedies? Yay. Everybody hands up. Triad. Let's do it, Kevin. <laughs> it's official. <laughs> <laughs> What is this? This is like a Nazi salute. This is hard. What just happened? This is how we vote. Somebody explain what just happened. That was insane. What just happened? You put your hand up like this, and I'm like, you're like, we all raised our hands. Then, then you said, Hail Hitler style. You, you, you said, you said, put your hand in. I'm like, all right. And we all touched fingertips. We made a human pyramid, like a triad. But it looked, it looked like we were saluting like to Nazis. Why were we doing that? <laughs> Behind the scenes. Yes, that bad word has I feel really uncomfortable now. That's how we do every vote from now on. <laughs> Why the hell did that even happen? Why did that happen? <laughs> that doesn't... It wasn't even like we put our hands up. It was like mine came from my chest. Like I really was saluting Hitler. <laughs> it was a Freudian body language slip. <laughs> How is that a Freudian slip? Like like I want to date Hitler. Or I want my, my dad is Hitler. That doesn't make sense. What a terrible, terrible moment. All right, hands in, everybody. <laughs> no, I'm not doing that again. Let's. You're like okay for real this time. All right, all right. Let's let's all agree to never do that again. Hands in, everybody. Hands. In. <laughs> okay, so I. Have apologize for the brevity and the shortness of this episode, but man, this is like a watershed moment here tonight. And yeah, it's that bad. We're a world satellite headquarters. Yeah. Shocking turn of events, right? Did you ever think this was going to happen? No, I didn't. But I didn't this, think is, this, this movie just broke us. It took us like Bane did to Batman, picked him up and just snapped oh, his fall, back. Huh? Oh yeah, that's how I feel right now. Like it just broke me in two. So with that, let's find out what the real critics have to say about this movie. Yeah, Roger Ebert's <laughs> 90% of his article talking about his bowel movements <laughs> and compared it to the, the bounty hunter. Hey, hey. I wouldn't put it past him. Even 
being considered as no more than an assembly line Hollywood product, the bounty hunter falls well below factory standards. David Denby, New Yorker. I stared with glazed eyes at the bounty hunter. Here is a film with no need to exist. Roger Ebert, Chicago Sun-Times. And finally, the putrid result never rises even to the lofty heights of mediocrity. James Berardinelli, Real Views. Okay, guys, this movie holds a 13% on Rotten Tomatoes. Is it really that bad? And interestingly enough, when we announced this movie was going to be the next episode, it had a 12% and it went up to 13, which means that someone somewhere out there said that they really like this movie. So, is it really that bad? Yeah, this movie's terrible. This is the... This movie is one of the blandest, egregious... Was it aggressive? Yeah, it was aggressively boring. This was the most aggressively boring movie I've seen. Aggressively bland is a good way to put it. You just read the critical reviews. Those are all pretty renowned critics, and their review wasn't even, like, witty or funny. It was just somber. Like, like, <laughs> yeah. like, like, like they were just broken men. Yeah, they're they were like broken men. Like, like, like they had just walked out of a funeral, and they're just like, <laughs> oh, just, like, it was unbelievable, because usually, especially James Brardinelli, he's funny. He's a funny guy. Yeah, he's one of the best. He's one of the best. He's like, this movie is just, oh, it was like he couldn't even talk. He couldn't even write correctly. It's just, yeah, so I guess better men than us. Better men than us. We're, we're couldn't, crushed. Could, we're yeah. crushed by, crushed under the, the mediocre mood, weight the of this movie. What chance did we have? None. <laughs> what none. fools we were to venture into this territory. <laughs> Our ego has got the best of us tonight, gentlemen. Oh, yeah. No, that's, that is the truth. True, truer words have never been spoken, Kevin. Yeah, this is a one out of five. This is pitiful. It just has no redeeming value. There's no, I don't know why anyone even made this. There's, I guess it's just to make money, but it was, I don't know. I, I couldn't recommend this movie to anybody. It drained us all, like, mentally, emotionally, physically. It's terrible. One out of five. One of the worst movies we've ever watched. Easily. Yeah. Right? Easily. It's in the Pantheon. That's, that's not even a question. It's not even a question. This gives killers a run for its money. This makes Mr. and Mrs. Smith look like the greatest movie ever made. I'd rather watch Twilight Eclipse ten times over than watch this again. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, this movie's terrible. Like, if when this podcast is all said and done, and we have to make our top 10 worst movies ever list that we've reviewed on the show. This is in the top 10, right? Yeah. Yeah. Without a doubt. This is top 10 worthy. It's up there with Waterworld and uh, Valentine's Day and whatever else is the number one worst. Resident Evil? I don't know. Man, there's been a lot of bad movies. Whew, we need to go do something to really get our spirits back up. I feel yeah. like a dead, empty shell. A husk of a man. Uh, I think I think we'll have a lot to talk about next week. Yeah, I think so too. It might not be a palate cleanser, but it, it'll be it'll a be conversation a f- starter. Yeah, okay. Yeah, for sure. There is a lot that I have to say about what we're going to be reviewing yeah, next week. For, for ever, however short this one is, I think next week will be ten long. times longer. Yeah, it'll make okay. Up the well, difference. we'll make up for it. Sorry, guys. Give us a bye week on this one. <laughs> okay, let's read some listener mail. Andrew writes in and says, "Hey guys, that's exactly how it's spelled." <laughs> First off, having my last message read out loud made me feel like a dick. So, Kevin, I am sorry, but I have a few questions. Wait, another apology for Kevin? See, I told those people. Keep them coming. Some people are going to pay. Some more than others. <laughs> so he heard my warning. <laughs> One, I just watched Train Spotting and I loved it. What would you rate it on your rock solid rating system? Two, I have never seen Moulin Rouge. Should I watch it? Three, can you please, for the love of Quaid, make another bonus episode? Because the last 
last one, which you can get at Yes That Bad Facebook page. <laughs> Click the like button today. I have listened to it a few thousand times and I know every word by heart. Thanks for the laughs. I'm going to stop typing and listen to my answer. All right, let's break this down one by one. One, just watch Train Spotting. What would you give it? I'd give it a four out of five. I really like it. It's been a long time since I've seen that movie. I don't know, a three? Okay. I, I think it's been a really long time since I've seen it. I don't even remember it. I don't, I, question mark. Yeah, I'm going to, yeah, question mark out of five. I saw well, you know, it, we never I talked saw it, about that. I saw it this year. Yeah? Again. I mean, I've seen it a bunch of times. I, I really like the movie. So we've, we've yet to do this on the show, but there's a top secret emergency rating built into the one out of five rating system. It's only ever been used a couple times. I had to invent it because I watched a movie that was so like confusing I remember and blase we, and boring. I remember when it was invented. I didn't know what the hell to do. So there's a top secret sixth rating. A question mark? Yeah. Question mark out of five. I don't know what the hell to give this movie. So we're going to invoke that here. Question mark yeah. out of five because we don't remember it, right? Yeah, too much time has passed. And and when I saw it, I was young, a foolish, young child. You're, you're a young buck. Yeah. Okay, two, I've never seen Moulin Rouge. Should I watch it? Hmm. I've never seen it. Either have I. I'm the only one who's seen this thing? Yeah. I say nay. I hate Moulin Rouge. But if you have a girlfriend, then you should watch it with her. She'll like it. What if you're talking gross, to a girl right now? Gross generalization. But my girlfriend loves it. Yeah. I, that seems to be a universal. So if you're just going to watch it alone, don't watch it. You're going to hate it. I hated it. Three new bonus content. <laughs> it's funny you should ask. <laughs> Why we were just having an official Yeah, It's That Bad meeting here at Yeah, It's That Bad World Satellite Headquarters. Yeah, we all put our hands in the air and touched our, our fingers together and we came to a conclusion. There's going to be more bonus content. Yeah, it's coming. It's coming. We have to figure out the schedule, but it's coming. A lot of big changes are coming to Yeah, It's That Bad. Oh, yeah. Buckle up. Buckle up. This is about to get rocky. It's going to get nuts. This whole show is going to be tipped on its head. Yeah. Kick the rock over and we're, we're going to crawl out. We're going to kick it up a notch. Yeah. You're going to kick a rock over and bugs are going to crawl out. <laughs> what the hell does that mean? Think about it. You're going to catch that bug in a bottle? What does that mean? Yeah, what, is, what are you talking about? <laughs> what is what is any of what you were doing? What is what is anything? What is gibberish? You started it. What is what what is kick the rock over and bugs are going to crawl out mean? What does <laughs> What does that have to do with us changing the format of our show? Remember in Ocarina of Time, you could like catch the bugs in the bottle. Yeah, yeah. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, that was, that was my extreme obscure reference. Wow, well done. Great job. Good for you. <laughs> but no, Andrew, we're going to be making more bonus content. Hopefully a lot more bonus content. We have but... some recorded already. Yeah, we actually did start another After Dark episode. Oh, yeah. It's like part one of a trilogy, I hope. Potential trilogy, maybe? I wouldn't even limit it to trilogy. Oh. It's going to be a complete franchise. Of what we're talking about? Yeah. This stupid conversation we're having? Yeah. What, do we just have to like live in that day forever? <laughs> yes. <laughs> but no, no, no. Yeah, we've already started production, and we're going to ramp up production even more. Mm-hmm. And things are things are coming. Things are changing. Stay tuned, loyal listeners. Yeah, find out. Margaret writes in and says, Hello, gentlemen. Loved this week's episode. I must say that I was surprised to hear about it being 94 degrees Fahrenheit at night. My surprise turned to jealousy when I went out walking into the cold winter air while listening to you guys complain about how hot it is in New Jersey. Happy 4th of July. Hope you guys are having a jolly good time. Just out of curiosity, how do you guys celebrate the 4th of July? Take care, Margaret. P.S. How was the wedding? Huh, well. Wait, wait, where's Margaret? That is winter. She's, She's in, in Chile. Chile. Oh. Come on, man. Sorry. My bad. How do we celebrate the 4th of July? Margaret was on a boat on a flotilla. Yeah, yeah. Re- I was, reliving I was Waterworld. Reliving Waterworld. Yeah, cosplaying Waterworld with a bunch of people. 
anymore. <laughs> I had I had latex gills glued to the side of my neck. You know, it was all right. There was a there was a flotilla. There was a lot of drunken buffoonery. There's a Dennis uh, Hopper impersonator. Yeah, there was a Dennis Hopper impersonator. Yep. And uh, there's there there was fireworks. You know, stereotypical Fourth of July for. He had a good time. Well, Kevin and I had a beach blanket blast. Beef burrito, <laughs> babathon. That sounded homoerotic, <laughs> and then you added babathon to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had I had a few people over in my place. There was some tennis, some pool, some chess. There was some chess. Was there it some... Mario tennis? No, it was real life tennis. Oh, that could be fun too. And uh, we played Play some, some games. Played some games, some good time games. Yeah, triple date. We had a triple date. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Good time. Mm-hmm. Good time was had by all, I think. But yeah, that's what we did. Yeah. As for the wedding, <laughs> well, stay tuned. Stay tuned for yes, that bad after dark bonus content. It's we, coming. We, we go into that in excruciating detail. Yeah, that we that can't <laughs> just be something we touch on here. There's no, 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 no. Lots to discuss. Lots a lot of drama, a lot of highs, a lot of lows. There actually was like a good deal of drama. Not enough. Could have used some more, I think. But there, it was there. But it was there, yeah. Okay, Christopher writes in and says, I have heard you guys mention the series Breaking Bad on the podcast before. No recent movie seems to come close in terms of writing. With shows like Breaking Bad and Mad Men, is there any movies that compare? Are all good writers going to TV? With all the crap movies, it seems like there's a bright future ahead for Yes That Bad movie reviews. P.S. I'm so Sorry to hear the negative write-ins about Kevin. He makes mental midgets out of the rest of the gang. Oh! You hear that? Wow, that's uncalled for for you guys. (laughs) I'll let you have this one. Yeah, yeah, you can have it. You've earned it. You need it. (laughs) That sounds like pity. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, TV writers? You know what? It's really interesting that he brings that up. TV's the top of the heap and movies are the bottom of the barrel. It's actually Culturally, this country is flatlining. Movie-wise. You know what? I think what's happening (laughs) is probably twofold. What's going on? I think that as far as like screenwriting and writing in general is concerned, a lot of things are going towards TV, especially- They seem to have more freedom. They do because they have- As a writer, I think that they have a much broader uh, palette to work with and they have a lot more character development. Yeah, it's hard to compare. Compare, like more 20 time. episodes that are hour long. Or four seasons, you can develop yeah. that character so fully, you can really paint a full character. And I think the other reason that the writing is getting a lot better, I think that a lot of writers aren't needed on a lot of different shows. Like, head writers can go over to these long and involved serial dramas or, or also comedies because a lot of focus has shifted to reality television, and those writers that were once used for shows are now out of work. Okay, next up, Ken writes in and says, he has a theory as to what we look like. Now, I'm going to read this exactly as it is. There's a typo in here in which he mentions one of our names twice. So we have to figure out who he's really trying to say. Okay. Okay. Guys, I got to tell you, I've always pictured Joel looking like Jake Johnson, who plays Nick on The New Girl. Kevin, you're familiar with that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Kevin looks like David Cross. Oh, my God. (laughs) And Joel is still an enigma wrapped in a mystery. Anyway, I just love picturing David Cross reviewing movies in the character of Tobias from Arrested Development. So, Kevin, who, which one of us looks closer to that guy from The New Girl? And you're closeted, I guess. Tobias Funke. Tobias Funke. Yeah, I'm an Anauropus. Yeah, you're the world's first first and and only Anauropus. I'm gonna guess that he's talking about Martin first. Wait. That's my guess. Why is Joel an enigma? Wrapped in a mystery. (laughs) Yeah, wrapped in a burrito. I don't know. Your your personality reminds me more of that character. Not that you remind me of that character. I've I've never seen the show. I don't know. I don't know who this character is. Hot or not. That's what he's ba- is that's what he's basing it on, like the, how you talk and everything. Like yeah, that reminds me more of that guy. But I don't know. Is that character? It could go either way. Is that character hot? Or Super not? hot. <laughs> then that's definitely me. <laughs> 
Okay, and, and finally, here's a big one. Rachel writes in and says, Hey guys, just wanted to hear your opinion on a recent trend in film critique that I've noticed. I went to see Pixar's newest film, Brave, with a couple of friends, and we all really enjoyed it. In fact, most of my friends who have seen it had similar reactions. My personal score is a 4 out of 5. Really good, but just a hair below other family-themed Pixar films, such as The Incredibles and Fighting Nemo, which is mostly due to minor issues with pacing that didn't bother me too much. As a woman, I was really excited to see that Pixar did such a great job with the first female main character. I was surprised to find that Brave, at the time of this writing, has only a 76 score on Rotten Tomatoes, far below the scores of most Pixar's other films that were widely considered great. After a bit of digging, I noticed that most of the critics who gave the movie a low score were men. Also, most of the complaints were that because the story was about a mother-daughter relationship, it wasn't relatable. By that logic, they should also find The Incredibles and Finding Nemo unrelatable because they also revolve around the love that parents have for their children. However, this is not the case. It's my theory is because Brave has a female main protagonist and a lot of people seem to think that it must only be enjoyable for women and girls, so I extend this question to you three guys. Do you as men find that films with female main protagonists are more difficult to relate to? For the purposes of this discussion, let's exclude romantic comedies and more traditional Disney princess movies that are specifically targeted towards female viewers while Brave and films like it are targeted towards general audiences. Keep up the great work with the podcast. I hope you don't mind this question involves so much backstory. Have a great day, Rachel. I guess it would depend on the movie. Uh, for me, no. If the character's faced with dilemmas that aren't gender-based, I don't have a difficult time relating to them. I don't know. I wasn't interested in Brave just because it just didn't look like an interesting movie to me. Yeah. It's boring. Yeah, but it had nothing to do... It... I've lost interest in Pixar. After yeah. Up, that was the last straw for me. I was done. To answer her question, which I think is a really good one, I agree with Martin. I don't think I find it difficult to relate to a female protagonist as long as it is you know, an issue that isn't gender-specific. That being said, there just isn't that many films where there are female protagonists. I mean, that's that's just, true. That's just the way it is, and it's unfortunate. And I think that... I don't know, Prometheus had one, and I really liked her in it. I liked her. She was she was really good. She was really relatable. It's pretty cool. It was really cool, especially... And that's rare to me to say that. I thought that she was a really cool character. And I remember when it was over, I was like, wow, she was a badass. Which, you never... I never say that sort of thing. I really, I really liked the idea. I really liked her, her strength of will. Like, her will in that movie was really awesome. Well, most of the time, like, look at the movies that we watched. Most of the protagonists that we get, they're crap no matter what, right? They never yeah. have anything to do. It's very rare that they have anything interesting to do, uh-huh. to say, or accomplish. Yeah. I don't know. It's Hollywood's fault, really. Society's fault. Yeah, we're all to blame. We are. You specifically. I guess so. Yeah, yeah you're right. Yeah, no, this I'm one's a, on. I'm gonna have to shoulder the burden on this. This, one, right. this one's on I'm neutral. Like the bullet. Okay, thanks for those emails, guys. If you want to contact us, you can reach us at yeahitsthatbad at gmail.com. Now it's time for the question of the week, and Jason writes in and says, I don't know if this has been asked already, but are there any movies that are bad but you enjoy because of the visuals alone? Or should I say perhaps perpetuating positive prejudices predicated by persistent pretty pictures? (laughs) For me, Tron Legacy has a lot of faults, but it looks great and can be interested with that alone. I sat through all of Sky Captain and The World of Tomorrow because that looked really good. Terrible movie. Terrible. But it looks great. I mean, I definitely agree with Tron Legacy. Great. Yeah, I'm, I'm on, you know, I'm on the same wavelength with them for Tron Legacy. I would also like to throw in uh, What Dreams May Come. I think that that movie looked really good, and I think it was very surreal. Most people hate that movie for some reason. I actually like it, but I'm a sucker for that kind of stuff. Yeah, I like it too. And I'll toss in a movie we reviewed, which is The Cell, and that movie looked yeah, I agree good with one. you. Really good. That, good one. That, that, that movie looked good. Okay, there you go. So, are there any movies that you think are bad, but you enjoyed them because of the visuals alone? Head on over to YesThatBad.com. Leave a comment on this episode's page with your answer. Okay, now it's time to announce the movies for the next Listener's Choice poll, and the 
theme is rich kids in the 90s. And the movies are Richie Rich versus Blank Check. Head on over to yesthatbed.com where you can vote on the poll between Richie Rich and Blank Check. And as for next week's movie, in honor of the upcoming Christopher Nolan Batman movie, we're going to go back to the roots where it all began. That's right. We're going to be reviewing Batman Begins, right? Nope. No, we're right, going right? to be reviewing. Batman Begins, right? Um, no. Pretty no, sure that that's no. fresh. <laughs> no, very, very fresh. It's fresh? It's as yeah, fresh yeah, it's as it gets. Fresh, pretty fresh moment. Oh, okay. Then I guess we'll do the next best thing. Batman Forever. <laughs> I mean, he really is forever, right? Yeah, no, he is. He's, he will live on forever. What, what is going to outlast the Batman? I mean, what happened in that movie is still echoing today, right? We're still feeling the after effects? Oh, of course. Absolutely. Every day. So tune in next week when we will be reviewing Batman Forever in honor of Christopher Nolan's upcoming Batman opus. Do you think it'll live up to Christopher Nolan's piece? I think it will surpass it in every conceivable way. Oh, all right. <laughs> Okay, thanks for listening to the show. If you like what you've heard, please consider subscribing. We have a new episode every Tuesday. Please leave us a positive review on iTunes. Those five-star reviews really do help out the show. Please help spread the word of the show to all your friends by liking us on Facebook, facebook.com slash yeahitsthatbad. You can follow us on Twitter at yeahitsbad. You can follow Marna at yeahitsmarna. You can follow Kevin at yeahitskev. And you can listen to the show on all your mobile devices via Stitcher. You can get that at stitcher.com slash yeahitsbad. Put in the promo code yeahitsbad and you really will be helping out the show. Once again, thanks for listening to the show. See you next time. Gerard Butler on the Garden State Parkway or Atlantic City Expressway or whatever with <laughs> Jennifer. You gotta, you gotta be, which one was it? You gotta be, <laughs> yeah, we need we go back. Yeah, we'll watch it. It looked like the Parkway to me. Why? You think it's, yeah, the, go, you go, think go, it's go. the Atlantic City Expressway? It was the BQE. Who cares? Go. It wasn't the BQE. Maybe maybe there was traffic. Maybe he was taking nine. That was not Route 9. That was a, <laughs> <laughs> that was like an eight lane highway. That's not Route 9. <laughs>